Today on The Faction, we talk about The Rock's return to SmackDown, the layout right now for AEW and big business, and what's really going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. All of this and more today on The Faction. What's going on, family? A big happy Monday to you, and welcome to another edition of The Faction. I, of course, am your man, Gerard Bonner. I hope that all is well in your world. I got to tell you, there's so much that has been going on, and again, I... I seem to start a lot of these shows with apologies, so forgive me for that, but things have been super busy, and I think you guys may understand. Hopefully, if you've been paying attention to the socials, you'll see some of the efforts that we have been putting in to ensuring that you guys have great content, so make sure you are following us at The Faction Show for all of the great content that we have on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, now X, which it's still weird calling it X, but it is what it is, right? Also, a big shout out to all of you who have been supporting what we've been doing, our lit series, the Legends, Icons, and Trailblazers series that we're doing here for Black History Month, which I am enjoying, and it's been getting a lot of great traction, so thank you guys for being connected to what's going on. It makes all the difference in the world. So there's quite a bit that we want to get to on today's show, and I don't want you to miss it because it is such a great time to be a wrestling fan. So before we get into things, I want to remind you that there have been some really cool ways that you can check out some of the work that we have been doing. You can check out commentary work, of course, on IWTV from both Southern Honor Wrestling and IWE. You can check out what we're doing with All Caribbean Wrestling on their YouTube page. You can check out what's happening with the Nightmare Factory on their YouTube page as well. And in case you have not heard, I had an amazing opportunity to be a part of the relaunch of Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Now, if you're unfamiliar, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling is the independent promotion that was put together by Dusty Rhodes back in 2000. Now, while it only ran for three years, it featured some of the biggest names in pro wrestling at that time and even now. Whether that was Glacier, who was a two-time champion, Scotty Riggs, who is a former member of the American Males with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, or even the amazing Barry Windham. So many amazing figures were part of this. And honestly, before we ever had Dusty Rhodes in NXT, we had Dusty Rhodes in Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Well, about a week and a half ago, I had the incredible privilege, along with my longtime broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, to be involved in the relaunch of Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Now, I'm looking forward to when that will become public so that you guys can check it out, but it was absolutely a movie, and I can't wait for you guys to see that. So when that drops, we'll let you know. And of course, this Saturday, I will be a part of Ashe Wrestling in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Carolina. So it's definitely a thing. And I am grateful to all of you who continue to support the vision and the mission of what we are doing. But you didn't come here to hear about what's going on with me. You came here to have conversations about pro wrestling. So let's do that. I'm sure we are still really reeling from that incredible press conference that happened now about 10 days ago in Las Vegas, which was a certain thing. And that's where we learned, or so it feels like, the main event for WrestleMania, which is Cody Rhodes getting his shot to finish his story against Roman Reigns. What we did not expect was that The Rock and Roman Reigns would end up on the same page. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty startling. And this past Friday, we had our first opportunity to really see them together as they ended the show in Salt Lake City for SmackDown. And it was a thing. For those who did not have the privilege of living through Hollywood rock or heel rock, you got all of that this past Friday. Or did you? And here's what I mean. There's already a lot of analysis being done on that incredible promo and moment that happened involving The Rock, Roman Reigns, The Rock stating that he is officially part of the bloodline. And I'll leave some of the theories to what's happening on Twitter. But I will say this. It definitely feels like we are on the road to an amazing story involving The Rock and Roman Reigns. It's kind of hard to believe that The Rock and Roman Reigns would forget about the whole tribal chief moment. I think it's interesting that Roman has yet to bring up who is the tribal chief. And that element has been kind of put in the back burner while The Rock and Roman seemingly cook in preparation for WrestleMania. On Monday night, we saw Seth Rollins come to the aid of Cody Rhodes and say that you need assistance. You need a plan and I'm willing to be your shield. So what is this going to culminate as? Will it be a tag team match as many are asserting between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes versus The Rock and Roman Reigns? Will it end up still being a one-on-one match? How is all of this going to work? Well, I guess time will certainly tell as we gear up for the Elimination Chamber as we are on the road to WrestleMania. I'd love to get some of your theories in terms of how you think all of these things are going to work out at WrestleMania between those four gentlemen. And where will the winner of the Elimination Chamber fall into this? Because the winner of the Men's Elimination Chamber match will take on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. The winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match will take on the winner of Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. So some real interesting implications are taking place, and I'm excited. I am excited to see what can come from all of this as we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Speaking of the road to WrestleMania, the next and final premium live event on the way there is the Elimination Chamber. It takes place this Saturday in Perth, Australia. If you're in the U.S., it will kick off at 5 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific, 
Yeah, it's going to be something for sure. So it's an early morning premium live event. You'll still have plenty of time to get so many other things done throughout your day. But you've got to imagine that the Elimination Chamber is going to cook. And speaking of the Elimination Chamber, we are all reminded that it was a year ago yesterday that the Elimination Chamber took place in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, that saw Roman Reigns defend the title against Sami Zayn. Supercharged, highly emotional, really an incredible time. And we're still seeing some of the reverberations from how WWE has been on fire since that particular point. So it'll be interesting to see what the Elimination Chamber looks like. Now, in terms of the women's matchup, we are told that the final slot will be determined tonight. Now, on Raw and on SmackDown, it was stated that it would be a women's battle royal for this second chance at the Elimination Chamber. The latest graphic that we saw that was released yesterday says that instead it will be a fatal five-way match between the five women who lost their qualifying match, the winner of which will end up in the Elimination Chamber. So that should get very, very interesting. I'm intrigued to see how that will go down. And of course, we'll find that out tonight on Monday Night Raw. But you've got to imagine that the Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia is going to be something. We are going to get a clearer direction in terms of what will happen at WrestleMania. But how clear? That is still to be determined. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that gets done. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about the latest happenings in AEW as we are gearing up for AEW Revolution and what exactly is happening in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know it's the Mac Militant coming to get it all. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, player. Holla, holla, holla. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working 
with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right. I have merch available representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh-oh. It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me so we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you Uh you check out that merch right now at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonnerfied again prowrestlingtees.com slash bonnerfied check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling bet on you five seconds of courage prowrestlingtees.com slash bonnerfied Saturday, February 24th, Charlotte's own Ashe Wrestling presents Ashe VHM, a Black History Month celebration. Six live wrestling matches, a live performance by North Carolina's own Sianka, and meet and greets with WWE Hall of Famers Ron Simmons and Teddy Long. Tickets on sale now. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, the landscape in AEW continues to change. A huge congratulations goes out to Queen Aminata. It was announced on Friday that Queen Aminata is officially all elite. Now, if you've been paying attention, we have seen Queen Aminata on our television screens, certainly since the top of this year. She has been on either AEW or Ring of Honor nearly weekly, and it's been really exciting to see. Now, some of you have said that I introduced some of you to Queen Aminata, and that might be possible. I had my first encounter with her as part of Battle Slam. What an incredible honor it has been to call her matches over the last couple of years. She has absolutely been the face of that brand, and she is a star. I tend to believe that she would have probably gotten signed sometime last year had she not endured an injury that took her out of action for most of the year. But she's done the work, she's rehabbed, and she's officially all elite. And I think Queen Aminata is going to make a massive impact in AEW. And speaking of the women's division, it feels as though the women's division in AEW is really growing. I mean, you've got the addition of Deanna Perrazzo, of course, Queen Aminata, as we just mentioned, the rise of Tony Storm, Serena Deeb is back. There are a lot of great contenders there in AEW. And it is believed that on March the 13th with AEW Big Business, the latest addition to the roster is believed to be Mercedes Monet. And there's a lot of questions in terms of what happens with Mercedes Monet. Where does she go? Does she end up in AEW? And can she help move the needle there for the women's division? Well, here's what we know already. 
We know that Mercedes Monet draws. If you remember this time last year when she was announced for Battle in the Valley in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the event immediately sold out. She is a draw. No matter what she does, people are going to show up. And what we've heard already is while the Boston Garden was configured for about 5,900, they've already sold an insane amount of tickets where they're going to have to seemingly open up more seats. That's a good problem to have. All of that said, will that equate to something very special happening with Mercedes Monet in the AEW women's division? That is still to be determined, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Will she move the needle, and will she get you interested in AEW's women's division? I know there are a lot of women who have gone to AEW and have felt like they would be the one. Soraya comes to mind. Ruby Soho comes to mind. Tony Storm has probably been the only one who has really moved the needle with the character change that she has had and the interest that she has generated. Is it enough to move the division that is still to be determined? Speaking of AEW, before we get to big business, we're gearing up for AEW Revolution. That'll take place a week from this Sunday or March the 3rd. It's going to be a very, very special night as it is the final match for Sting. And it is believed that that arena, the historic Greensboro Coliseum, is like a 100 or 200 seats away from being sold out. Definitely one of the most well-attended events in AEW history here in the United States. It's going to be exciting to see how that card shapes up. We do know now that the tag titles will be defended by Sting and Darby Allen against the Young Bucks. You've got to ask the question, Sting and Darby Allen undefeated, will this match prove to be a loss to exchange the titles or will Sting retire as an AEW World Tag Team Champion? And speaking of world, the AEW World Championship will be up for grabs as Samoa Joe defends in a three-way dance against Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. And there's been a lot of talk Should Swerve Strickland become the AEW World Champion at Revolution? A lot of people think that now is the time. There's a part of me that's wondering, though, if now is really the time or will the time actually happen circa double or nothing? Obviously, we'll have to wait to find out. But I'll give you guys a quick spoiler. I'll actually be in the house. I am heading to AEW Revolution. I'll be excited to see all that happens there. And we might capture some footage. We'll see what happens. But that's going to be a lot of fun. So great time, certainly, in AEW. And I will say this. I hope that you are one of the ones that is cheering on AEW. Now, There's so much wrestling and the wrestling business is as healthy as it's ever been that there's enough room for everybody to eat. Not just that, but you don't have to ascribe or subscribe to every particular promotion. It's really impossible. So if you're not a fan of AEW, that is okay. But I do hope that we are in the space where we realize that The existence of AEW allows more wrestlers to be able to apply their craft, allows commentators, cameramen, ring announcers, producers, and so many other people to get an opportunity to feed their family. So we don't want AEW to go under. We might want them to adjust their product to accommodate us, but we also have to remember that AEW 
at this point has a very clear fan base and their fan base is those who love professional wrestling, those who are internet marks or internet savvy in terms of what's happening in pro wrestling. And they are those who are not necessarily fans of or prone to sports entertainment. So I think that's a thing that we have to remember. AEW is not the WWE and really isn't necessarily indie wrestling either. It's found its own niche. And part of that niche is its connection to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who can ever forget the Forbidden Door, which for the last couple of years has been a marquee event involving both AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. But how different will this event be if it happens this year? Because some of the major players in New Japan Pro Wrestling are, have, or will be leaving. I was playing catch up with New Japan. I was watching a big event that they had about a week ago that marked the final match for Will Ospreay in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That night was also one of the last nights for Kazuchika Okada in the company as well. And Tamatanga, who is one half of the original Gorillas of Destiny, he is slated to leave as well. Those are three massive names in the space of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it does cause you to ask the question, what's happening in New Japan? Why are these incredible talents leaving? Now, there could be a lot of reasons why, but one of the things that holds true is money talks. And if there is an opportunity to do something that you haven't done, usually you will do it. Kazuchika Okada has been in New Japan Pro Wrestling for the better part of 11 to 12 years. He has become the signature figure in that company. If you need an equivalent, he is the equivalent of John Cena or Roman Reigns to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is of that ilk. And so it's really a big deal to see him leaving. People are still asking where will he land and it's being said that that's still being determined. So I wonder at this particular point what will happen involving Kazuchika Okada. Could he show up at AEW Big Business and be a big big night there for AEW? Now, Will Ospreay had his final match. Now, we've known of Will Ospreay signing since the November pay-per-view full gear for AEW when it was announced then. And we do know that he will be a part of AEW Revolution when he will be taking on Konosuke Takeshita. That's going to be an insane match that probably is worth the price of admission alone. Pretty incredible for sure. So it'll be interesting to watch how all of this plays out. But the real question now is with Osprey, with Okada and with Tamatanga leaving. And we haven't had a conversation in terms of where Tamatanga is going. Will he end up in AEW or will he show up in the WWE or will he find his way in TNA perhaps? All of these things are still to be determined. With that said, it makes pro wrestling a very interesting space. And you've got to wonder if, in fact, Kazuchika Okada makes a jump to AEW, if, in fact, Tamatanga makes a jump to AEW. We'll tell you who has jumped. It is official, and this is interesting. Braun Breaker has made his move to SmackDown. It was announced Friday night. And this is interesting because Braun Breaker is one half of the newly crowned tag team champions in NXT. So what happens to that run? Will he continue as champion? Will he operate in both brands for the time being? I don't know. 
Because when Tiffany Stratton a couple of weeks ago signed to SmackDown, she became exclusive to SmackDown. So this gets very, very interesting. So many interesting things happening. Where will Jade Cargill go? Oh, gosh. I love the space that we're in in pro wrestling right now. So I want to ask you guys. There's so much wrestling out there to choose from. What right now is your favorite brand of pro wrestling? And when I mean brand, uh, for WWE, I am referencing NXT, SmackDown, or Raw. Obviously, we're talking AEW, TNA, Ring of Honor. And speaking of Ring of Honor, congratulations to them. They have finally launched the tournament to crown the inaugural Ring of Honor Women's Television Champion. That tournament began last week on Honor Club. Queen Aminata was among the winners in the first round. So go ahead and check that out. Some great, great women's action happening there. Again, a reminder this Saturday, we will be in Charlotte, North Carolina for Ashe Wrestling. It's a Black History Month celebration, which is going to be insane. Headlined by the world title match between Shug D and Caprice Coleman for the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship. Excited about that. And then some. All right, guys, we'll get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. And representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner. And this is The Faction. Shot in my pink bone, here we go.